on this episode of Breast Cancer is Boring. O-M-F-F-F-F-G. We have a new one. Just a little bit of PTSD. A little bit of PTSSSSSSD. Because he's a person who can have a baby. Right. Right. Oh, wait. No. (laughs) If I became pregnant, despite, well, for whatever reason, let's say I'm a hoe. Yeah. Did it. Nailed it. Did it. What does all of this have to do Mm -hmm. with breast cancer? Welcome to Breast Cancer is Boring, a podcast about breast cancer with Jocelyn and Lauren. Whether you have breast cancer or any other kind of cancer or you're just a weirdo who's super (laughs) cancer curious, welcome. We hope you enjoy because breast cancer is boring, but we and you mm-hmm. are interesting. I love it. Okay, welcome to Breast Cancer is Boring. We're here. Welcome. We're both here. We're here. We are both here. And it makes me very happy that that is happening. <laughs> me too. Um, it's good to see you, Lauren. It's always good to see good you. Good to see you too. You look marvelous, even though um, I know uh, you don't feel marvelous. <laughs> mm. Mm-mm. But that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> okay. That's a good episode title, actually. I don't feel marvelous. That is a good one. Yeah, let's do that sometime. Okay, we begin this episode like we begin all episodes. And we're on a timeline, so we're going to be flying today because we have five pages of notes. We're taking on a beefy topic. Uh, yeah, let's get down to it. Uh, countdown to chemical freedom. I've got 10 months where I have to get this fucking shot and I got the shot today and I just know the next two days are going to be really rough for me. So I'm calling into my job, uh, because I'm done. I'm done being a slave to labor. I have Mm. sick days. I'm going to take them. So that's what I'm going to do. Understandably so. Yes. Countdown to Lauren's vacation. Lauren, when are you going on vacation? Yes. Um, actually I was just talking about taking well, it's not really just me. I was talking about taking my son to London. He really wants to go. My oldest son. Okay. And Oh my God, um, London. He, yes. yes. And when I, I know when I was a kid, my dad took me to London. Wow. I thought, oh my gosh, this would be so cool. So and cool. And he really wants to go. So we're starting our little bucket of money for our trip. Oh my and God. We're going to do it. Okay. So really. we I'm have excited. a destination, and that's one more detail than we had last time we talked about this. So I feel like this 100%. is- 100%. All right. We're rolling forward. Awesome. Can I donate mm-hmm. to this fund? Oh. Uh, well, maybe like you can donate some help with our plan. I tell you what I'm going to do, since you will mm-hmm. not accept my money, which is good, by the way. No. I, have, I have money. Okay. Mm-hmm. I make it at my job. Yeah. I work, and then, like, every couple of weeks, they send me money as a thank you. Um, Yeah, it's a great arrangement. I really like it. Uh, Mutually beneficial. Um, I'm going to make you a spreadsheet. I'll send you a spreadsheet so that when you have ideas about, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to go here, you can put it in this spreadsheet, and that way all the information is in one place. Oh, I love this. And I'll put a little budget spreadsheet on there that will do the money calculations for you. Okay. That sounds fantastic. Thank you. All right. 
Uh, countdown to the election, meaning the presidential election. Mm-hmm. There are probably local elections happening in your area, and you should really check those out. Mm-hmm. Um, in like 16, 17 months, we have a presidential election. And to prepare for that, I really, um, I know it's a lot, and it's a lot to think about, but there's a few things that you can do. The League of Women Voters is a national um club (laughs) that you can join no it's just like an organization it's not affiliated with any political party it's just a place that will compile information for you and they have position statements on different things that should not be political but are politicized that you should check out to make sure you know See if they align with your own values, which for me, they very much do. There's local chapters everywhere. I am a part of my local chapter, and it's very nice. It's very nice to be a part of something where you can just get microdosed this information so you don't feel like you're out of the loop and you also don't feel overwhelmed by the internet. Um, also, vote for one one. This is great. It's great. It's it's a good way to to like be involved but not be too involved. You know what I mean? No, I. Th- Yeah, and I love that it's sort of a link that will help you kind of guide you into the direction that, you know, is the best for you and your decisions. I think that's fantastic. And by joining your local chapter, they will have information on local candidates, people running for school board, people running for sheriff, people running for all those other, like, county clerk, I don't know, all the positions. And you can feel more in the loop, but it's very much just as much as you want it to be and nothing more. Vote411 is another, vote411.org is another site you can go to and check and make sure that you are registered to vote. And it's a really good resource. And then the third thing that you can do is just look at how easy it might be to move to other countries if the election maybe goes away that um, places limits on your bodily autonomy uh, and you don't really like that. My number one choice right now is New Zealand. Um, They have a program where they will bring you over when you are a nurse. And so I feel like that's probably the best program. Uh, for me. Anyway, register to I vote. Do. Um, we've been nominated for a Sonic Bloom Award. We're finalists, uh, Dynamic yes. Duo, and Big Budget Sound. Um, One, two. I think that like we're going to find out this month I- if we win. I thought it was July. I did too, but like they had to cancel their conference and they're doing it virtually. And yeah, I know. And oh. now I wish I had bought tickets. It was too late. Anyway, I'll, I, will, I will find out. Apple okay. reviews, to be honest, I have been uh, neglecting to check those because <gasps> I've just, you know, I went to Vegas. I'm very busy, important. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to mm-hmm. keep up. Um, oh, especially when we you're have going a new to one. Paris. O-M-F-F-F-F-G. We have a new one. <laughs> so <Wow>. Okay. <laughs> oh, Read you it. guys. It's from, okay, this review is from One Woman Party. Full disclosure. um, This is Rebecca Handler, which was our guest and special guest host on our previous episodes. Um, And she left us a very, very sweet review. And I'm going to read it now. Five stars. This (laughs) is the only breast cancer podcast that won't make you feel like garbage. 
Jocelyn and Lauren are a dynamic duo who are not only hilarious, but actually really freaking knowledgeable. Even if you don't have cancer, you should listen to them because they are the friends you need. We are the friends you need. Okay, excuse me, but like I I think that's the first time we've had a review written by an award-winning author. You're right. Like, can I tell you, I... Wow. Like, Rebecca Handler has been... Of course, she's the award-winning author of Edie Richter is Not Alone, which is now available in paperback uh, for all of you who are Mm -hmm. waiting for that. It is... It's a great... It's a great book, and I don't know how else to say that. Like, it's surprising, it and it is, you get so into it, and it makes you feel a lot of things, and, like, that's all I ask of a book, but it actually is yeah. kind of a big ask. Um, yeah, Rebecca Handler, excellent. She's working on her second novel. I cannot wait till that comes out. And she's a lovely person. She's been on the pod twice now. She's the only returning mm-hmm. champion guest. Um, she is yep. our first... Um, recipient of the Breast Cancer's Boring, Finest, Excellent, Most Cool um, Alumni Award. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, she's just like a multiple award-winning author and person and friend. And is still, I like cannot believe that she's been she's on the awesome. show. I still can't believe that I text her occasionally. Like, I just, I can't believe it because... <laughs> I am very much like awestruck by by her and now she's left us in a review and I'm kind of yeah, I'm just kind of freaking out. It's kind of awesome. We're fan, we're fan Yeah, we're fangirling a little we're bit. We're fangirling a little bit. I'm I'm serious though. Like I read a, I read much books. Okay, I'm a very learned, uh educated literate person. I can read. I can read real good. And Edie I believe it. is not alone is one of the finest pieces of literature I've ever put into my eye holes. Okay. um yeah so if you want to write us an apple review and leave us a five-star review and leave us a comment please do it's that's awesome and also you don't have to be a multiple award-winning author and cool-ass person to do it you can just do it you can just do it you can also email us love to hear from you we would love to i i want to know also it just feels really really good and there's not that many great feels left in the world so anyway Okay, on to today's episode. You all are not prepared. <laughs> You're not prepared. No. Lauren, are you ready to lose some listeners? <laughs> oh, my God. You're not prepared. Um, so okay. I'm just going to... This is our annual religion, God mm-hmm. and God's episode, okay? We take on the Lord, as it were, Okay. every year. And this is mostly due to my very religious upbringing, which we will definitely get into and just a little bit of PTSD. A little bit of PTSD. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, like, I have to wrangle with this, and so everybody else has to as well, including Lauren. And thank you for being along for this ride. Well, and you, you teach me a lot about this that I honestly am completely oblivious to. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting an edumacation <laughs> in some really crazy religious stuff. Also... It just there are things that I forget until I start to talk about it. And so like every time mm-hmm. we do one of these episodes, which this will be the fourth time because we're on season four, um, I learn something new also about myself and my <laughs> and my childhood. So uh, without further ado, 
I want to just like start the episode by introducing the seven tenets. Tenant number one. Okay. One should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Number two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Number three, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Number four, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Number five, beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Number six, people are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. Number seven, the final one, every tenet mm-hmm. is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. Interesting. Right? Interesting. I really love these. They are so well thought out and even down to the last tenant of like, you know, these are just guiding principles. These are the seven tenets of the satanic temple. Well, yes. Interesting. TST, the Satanic huh. Temple. What is the Satanic Temple? Huh. We're going to talk about No it. idea. No idea. No idea, right? Well, I do. No. So I learned about the Satanic Temple when the documentary Hail Satan came out. And, the, and it's, it says, okay. Hail Satan, it's a question mark. I watched it on Hulu. I don't know where you can watch it now. Mm-hmm. I think you can actually purchase it on YouTube because I was looking it up again. I had no clue who Lucian Greaves was. I had no idea about the Satanic Temple um, or what they were. And after watching this documentary, I was like, hmm, I think I'm a Satanist. (sighs) Anyway, let's go into what the (laughs) Satanic Temple is. (laughs) And to be very forthcoming, this is from Wikipedia. All right. But they have, look, Wikipedia gets a bad rap. But the thing is, Wikipedia drops their receipts. And you can follow right. those receipts to the source material. And that's all I ever ask. Um, so, the Satanic Temple is a non theistic religious organization that is primarily based in the United States. The organization uses mm-hmm. satanic imagery to promote egalitarianism, sorry, egalitarianism social justice, and the separation of church and state, supporting their mission to encourage benevolence and empathy among all people. The Satanic Temple does not believe in a supernatural Satan. Instead, it employs the literary Satan as a metaphor to promote pragmatic skepticism, rational reciprocity, personal autonomy, and curiosity. Satan is thus used as a symbol representing the eternal rebel against arbitrary authority and social norms. Again, this was co-founded by Lucian Greaves and Malcolm Jerry, who met in 2012. Um, they became active in January of 2013. Of course, their, <laughs> their um, headquarters are in Salem, Massachusetts. That totally tracks. And right. mm-hmm. honestly, it is a, it's, it's a, only a religious organization in theory. It's metaphoric. They don't believe in gods. They don't believe in an actual Satan. They just believe that Christianity 
in this country should not be the only religion. And it should be challenged where it is set up as, a you know, where the lines between church and state are blurred. Mm-hmm. And, and we are going to talk about how that gets blurred in this country, how religion turns into law that affects all of us, whether or not we believe that religion, and how this affects right. bre- people with breast cancer specifically. Because it all okay. does come back, as most of our episodes do, <laughs> yeah, to breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Did you know that th- this existed, first of all? Um, no. No? I, I mean, I... Of course, you hear, but I had no idea of TST. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, well, I don't really have a ton of time to do this kind of religious research. Really? Uh, Crazy. Yeah. You're not just like researching what kind of satanic groups are out there and would I like to join? <laughs> uh, not, not typically. No, but I'm actually, it's incredibly interesting. I find, honestly, I find all religions and their beliefs and their practices super interesting, mm-hmm. regardless of what religion it is. Yeah. Um, I I find it, I love to learn about the history behind it, um, but you are not wrong about how um, there's definitely concepts of Christianity that bleed into law in the United States and it does make things um, very touchy in that particular subject matter. It does. And mm-hmm. we're going to go into some of that. I think religions Let's do it. religions as religion, very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, religions as the basis for interpreting or creating law, not mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. And that- doesn't seem to make sense. And unfortunately, that is where our discussion begins. So in an interview with the New York Times, Malcolm Jerry, who is the co-founder with Lucian Greaves of the Satanic Temple, stated that the idea Mm -hmm. started after the Bush administration changed the criteria for receiving funds, basically. Um, This was after uh, George W. Bush formed the White House Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. And we are going to talk about that because everyone should understand, and everyone doesn't have time to research this, as you previously stated, Lauren. And so here you go. Mm -hmm. We are going to deliver this to you, and then you can decide what to do about it. But there is a concept of Christian privilege in this country that I think one would do well to thoroughly understand. So the OFBCI, which is that Office of Faith-Based and uh, Neighborhood Partnerships, was established by President George W. Bush through an executive order, which means there were no votes mm-hmm. on this. It didn't go to Congress. Right. It, did, it was just something Mm-mm. he penned and said, I, as an individual person, want this to happen. Um, this right. happened in 2001, basically positing that groups, faith-based groups, can receive federal funds if they Mm -hmm. offer social programs. Right. So the reason he was able to do this in 2001 is because in 1996, so under the Clinton administration, there Mm -hmm. was a welfare reform reform 
which allowed faith-based entities to compete for government contracts in delivering mm. social services. But what the OFBCI did was basically kind of favor these religious. Mm -hmm. That may be up to some interpretation. Um, so research that more thoroughly if you like. But essentially, it gave more favor than was previously given to faith-based organizations to deliver social services. In May 2018, which is the time I don't like to revisit. <laughs> right. At all. Um, mm -mm. Even though that was pre-cancer for me, but it was still peri-Trump. Right. So complicated. But in May 2018, the Trump administration, really Trump himself, because there was no administration, it was just him, uh, started the Faith and Opportunity Initiative, which was a new White House office to help faith-based organizations get equal, equal in air quotes, access to government funding. So in no November of 2018, Scott Lloyd was appointed to the Center for Faith and Opportunity Initiatives of the United States Department of Health and Human Services at the HHS. And one thing you should know about Scott Lloyd is he yeah. is a noted opponent of abortion. Oh. Essentially, like, very openly anti-abortion. Mm. So here's what happened. Right, because he's a person who can have a baby. Right. Right. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> yeah. He must have a uterus. Not uh, not that I know of, no. If he does, yeah. good for him. Also, we should talk, Lloyd, because mm -hmm. I don't think you thoroughly understand the implications. This guy, mm -hmm. he actually, before he was appointed to this office, he was effectively mm -hmm. removed from running another um, office because... He had um, some controversies over his anti-abortion actions that were impacting pregnant minors. Oh my! God. So he was effectively trying to prevent abortion access to minors. Um, also, if I may just I mention, just, if you do ugh. go down the Scott Lloyd rabbit hole, this is a white guy, as you would imagine. Mm. He has seven children, mm. and he worked for the Knights of Columbus. Which, if you're aware of what the Knights of Columbus are, by the way, be wary of any white man who is affiliated with any club that has knights in the title. Mm -hmm. I just want you to know. Um, but the Knights of Columbus is essentially a radicalized um, Catholic organization. Right. It's very much... Um, even the Catholic Church is like not a, really affiliated with it. They're very radicalized. It's like super cult-like, in my personal opinion. Yes, no, it is super cult-like. Uh, it's very gross. And this man who has um, determined has medical determinations that are born of his religious extremism was put in a decision-making capacity in the Department of Health and Human Services, Great. and this is. Well, why is this a problem, right? Why is this a problem? Because Christian ideals are then being made law for everyone. Christian nationalism, which is this idea that we as a nation were founded on Christian principles and we should all adhere to Christian principles in our lives and in law, is actually on the rise. 
Christian, um, but it's on the rise. But so according to this doesn't make any sense. Don't don't meet most people's like families and ancestors come from like foreign countries, you know, where they're not all the same religion. So I just there is a I long just feel standing I want to say tradition in this country, but immigrants are not looked on kindly. They're not looked on kindly today, and they weren't looked on kindly um, historically. This is not necessarily the product of racism, but it is a product of xenophobia, which are two things that often get conflated. Mm -hmm. um, but many, many people who move here from other countries historically and today try to change themselves to fit in with societal norms of this country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're not wrong because they did say, talk a lot about immigrants um, when they first came over um, to the United States to fit in as an American. They were proud to be American, so they were trying to, you know, emulate a lot of the things that were American and leave some of their cultural things behind. Right. Which actually... At the time, I can understand that they wanted to fit in and, and feel proud to be an American. But at the same time, I think letting go of those traditions in the long run sort of seems like a mistake. I think if you adopt the traditions of the place that you are moving because you're proud to be there and you're so you feel um, like some identity with that, that's one thing. But the fact that immigrants had to change their names... Oh, yeah. Because they knew they would be discriminated against. That's a very different thing. So the yeah, same action, depending on what it stems from, can be very different. You know, the mm -hmm. reason that this idea that the country, Christian nationalism has, that the U.S. is a Christian nation and the country's laws should be rooted in Christian values is, of course, now political, and according to an NPR, an NPR article that was published, research shows that more than half of Republicans, more than half, support Christian nationalism. Not Christianity. There are plenty mm. of Christians out there who are not bought into Christian nationalism. Christian nationalism is an offshoot of Christianity. Is It is, is more of an extreme viewpoint. And more than half of practicing Republicans in office today support Christian nationalism. Oh. So let's talk about why is this bad? Why, why would this be bad, right? Because what do we know about Christians? Aren't Christians just like into praying and not murdering and saying Christmas instead of holiday? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's so bad about I, that? I like that people say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Uh, I like a it lot all. of holidays. I like it all. I like happy yeah, holidays. And the reason I like it all is because of the plethora of Hallmark movies um, that are born from all of these different. <laughs> like, don't limit me to Christmas when I'm talking about Hallmark movies. I want Hanukkah. Yeah. Movies. I want Kwanzaa movies. I want Diwali. Diwali. Oh yes. Oh, I'm oh, such a same terrible person. Um, no, I want Dwali, all of yeah. it. I want Flag Day same. Hallmark movies. I want <laughs> Halloween. I like. I want all of it. Like, don't limit Ooh, I me. I want to see a man. Kwanzaa movie. 
Yes. I want Boxing Day. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, there's a lot of like quippy kind of titles that can be born from more than just Christmas. So that's why we need the holidays. Um, yeah. Why would Christian and I values. Holiday. Yeah. Why would Christian mm -hmm. values be a bad thing for our nation? Well, I would like to orient you and all listening to some of the Christian values that um, both from my personal experience and okay. from position statements from many, many uh, Christian, especially evangelical Pentecostal um, churches. Um, so let's just go through like a, a tight short list that I put together. Um, abortion is murder. So that is okay. something that is shared through, I mean, many Christian faith, most notably Catholicism and evangelical Christianity. Um, the gays are bad. Mm. So that's a very Christian value. Divorce should be illegal unless someone is getting the shit beating out, beaten out of the, beat, beaten, sorry, I try again. Divorce should be illegal unless someone is getting the shit beaten out of them. And even then, just try harder, woman. Have you tried doing your hair more? Have you tried having his dinner ready when he comes home so he doesn't have to wait for it? That's what really makes him mad. I can't tell you how much this was ingrained into me when I was young. Oh. That how okay. a man, specifically how a man feels, is the result of actions by a woman. Whether that be anger oh. or whether that be attraction or lust. Lust was mm -hmm. a huge feature of my childhood. Uh, I mean weirdly enough they think the gays are out there trying to sexualize the children no the gays are out there trying to be fabulous and have fun parties okay all of which i want um mm -hmm. evangelicals are out there trying to sexualize children talking mm -hmm. to them from a very young age about the man or woman that is intended for them to marry um making sure they know that sex is saved for marriage and making sure that they know especially little girls if they wear the wrong thing, a man may not be able to resist his urges. Oh, my God. Yes. And I cannot. It sounds crazy. I know. But when you yes. are born and bred into this system and indoctrinated with that from a very young age, it takes a very long time to divest yourself from from that idea and it crops up in a number of ways I don't have time for. Speaking of women, okay. according to most evangelical Christian faiths, they should be quiet and submit oh. to their husbands, which they all should have, and have all oh, the right. babies. Little Christian babies. Oh. And don't get me started on the racism. Okay. I still to Let's this day not have many years more work to do to even s develop the language to describe the myriad racist ideas and concepts that we were indoctrinated with growing up. And they're all very gross. So I'm um, sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry, too. I really am sorry that... Even to this day, if I wear something that I feel particularly good in, uh, there's like an inexplicable feeling of, should I wear this? Like, 
Mm-hmm. And it's very much in the back of my mind because I am very much like against that now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think women would wear, we w- we should wear whatever we want and men need to deal with it uh, for the most part. <laughs> That's a very gendered statement. But like, honestly, a lot of what women do and don't wear is because of the reactions of men. And that's Mm -hmm. a very big statement to make without a very nuanced discussion to follow it up, and there it is. But not all Christian white (laughs) men are hot steaming pieces of shit. In my my research, (laughs) I did find something I didn't expect to find, and that is that, and it's a little glimmer of hope, right? Because we do have these little glimmers. The editor of Christianity Today, which is not a magazine I thought I would ever talk about in a positive light on this podcast, but the, the editor of Christianity Today, Russell Moore, has taken a stance against Trump specifically, and he has called Trump publicly a, a rapist and someone who promotes oh. rape culture because oh. Trump has been um, accused of rape by at least 22 individual women to this point and also oh, does right. promote rape culture and has been recorded um, doing as such. And Russell Moore, the the editor of Christianity Today, had a very interesting quote that I'm going to read here. Be- and I don't want to change any of the words because I think the way that he said it was very poignant. Um, and he said, quote, think about the teenage girl in a church somewhere who's being abused by her youth pastor, wondering whether to come forward. When the victim is ridiculed by a presidential candidate in front of a crowd, the response is laughter. That has devastating implications. No kidding. This was when Trump was running for president and and Russell Moore came out against him. So again, you can be Christian, you can be a Christian white cis het male and not be a steaming pile of shit. And this is the beginning of how you do that. Yeah. Just food for thought. What does all of this have to do Mm -hmm. with breast cancer? Tell me. Why are we talking about this? Why am I promoting the satanic temple on (laughs) breast cancer is boring. Hey, breast cancer podcast. Mm -hmm. What it comes down to for me anyway is this. Do you enjoy your bodily autonomy? Yes. When something happens to your body, do you value the ability to make your own decisions about what to do? And do you like those decisions to be private? Hmm. Do you like getting your hormone-blocking medications from your pharmacy without having to provide a doctor's note to prove you won't use them for an abortion? Because that is happening. Do you like having the option to freeze your eggs until after your cancer treatment so that maybe you can have kids someday? Do you think senators, governors, the state and federal government should be in the room with you and your doctor when decisions about your body are being made? Right. So very generally speaking, do you give two right. shits about what happens to people who are vulnerable and targeted and hated when ideals of Christian nationalism become law in this country? And if you do, what the fuck are you going to do about it? Man. I'm a little sick to my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> this hurts everything. Mm-hmm. in me it does and part of that is a selfish reaction to things that I want I want my hormone blocking medications 
and they are in the same drug class as medications accessed by trans males. Mm. I like getting a boob job after my breast was taken away from me. Right. And you know who else likes to get boob jobs? To affirm their gender? Trans women. I want these options available to all. Mm -hmm. You should not have to get cancer to be able to affirm who you know you are and who you yeah. what you know your body is and what you what what you want for your body to feel the most yeah. comfortable in it walking around yeah with a flat chest on one side and my old boob on the other was not affirming to my gender mm-hmm. i'm a woman and i feel comfortable having two breasts on my chest Right. And that's what I wanted and that's what I got because I was right identified as a woman at birth. And I want that yeah. for anybody who wants that. I don't fucking care what they called you when you were born. It's none of my fucking business. Right. No kidding. I don't need to know that. And the government doesn't need to know and that And the either. government doesn't need to know that. Mm-mm. Or have a say. Or have a say. So what are we going to do about it? Because I don't want to end on a a depressing note, although it does feel a bit depressing. Oh, you in the front, uh, Lauren. Yes. (laughs) Me, me. Do you have Uh, an idea? uh, Register to vote. Register to vote. Register to vote. Yes. And not, you guys, not just for the president of the United States. That, of course, is a very important office. However, a lot of these decisions... The Dobbs decision mm-hmm. that overtu- overturned the protections on abortion care that we had under the Roe v. Wade decision, that did not say abortion is illegal. That decision was states can determine right. whether abortion is legal or illegal in their state. It took away the federal protections. And I think that's an important mm-hmm. distinction because mm-hmm. things like that the subtlety of that and the the effect that it had is and the devastating effect that it had it's so easy so now it comes down to your state so your state mm-hmm. elections your county elections your local elections are very important we've been voting <laughs> yeah and it didn't seem to fucking matter and that is hard Because it does matter, even when it seems like it doesn't. But I think one of the first things that you can do as an individual is to talk about these things. Right. It's yeah. It starts with you in your home and how you talk about people in private and also with your friends in the workplace and when you go out. And if disparaging things are being said, it's Mm -hmm. about turning that around. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know how else to just be that person basically. Right, right. And if it makes you annoying so be it. Not a long way to fall for think, me. I don't think it's annoying at all. I think it's um it's about your presentation to others and when you do it in a way that you're like hey, I'm just informing you to help you understand like how to address this person in the most respectful way possible 
because I think most people want to. Um, most people want to be as respectful as possible. So, yeah. um, and those that don't know how to do that, they seek people who do. Yeah. Um, it's not I about that's alienating people either. I no. I do present it differently depending on who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to someone who's like a good friend of mine or a good work friend, I'll be like, mm-hmm. oh my God, we don't say that. We say this or like, you know, something right. else. And one of the ways I think that I've approached it, because working in the emergency department in a trauma bay, I got to tell you, you, you can become very kind of jaded because you don't see the best of people, I've got to say. Right. You know? A lot of accidents, a lot of violence um, oh, yeah. is intermixed with poor family dynamics, poverty, um, substance dependence, um, a lot of like life choices that are seemingly in this person's control. And so when we get someone and like there are comments made like, oh my God, I can't believe they, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. I always like to to myself to make sure that I'm checking myself as well if I'm having any judgmental thoughts because judgmental thoughts are fine. It's when you don't address them or don't right. try to get to the root of them, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And so if someone yeah. comes in and I'm like, like this person is so fucked up. Like right. how did they let this happen to themselves? You know, mm-hmm. and instead of kind of thinking about that, I think I wonder how my life would have had to be very different for me to end up in this position. Yeah, you know? no kidding. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it is that. Sometimes it is that. If you believe that every person on the street who's homeless and strung out on fentanyl has some kind of moral failing that placed them there, right? then on the other side of that, you must believe that most rich people did mm-hmm. a lot of good things to make them right. successful. And I don't see how you can believe that, knowing what mm-hmm. we know about, mm-hmm. m- I would say, at least half of the rich people <laughs> are complete garbage and treat our mm-hmm. environment like garbage and treat poor people like garbage. So if you don't believe that yeah. all rich people are rich because... They're good people. Why do we think that poor people, those living in poverty on mm-hmm. the streets and, and you know, addicted to whatever, you know, the drug of choice is, you, you can't believe really that they're all somehow morally bankrupt bad people who made bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. Mm. You have to believe that a good amount of their circumstances were born of just that circumstance, bad luck, things that happen to them. Mm -hmm. And if you can't see that, then you have a hyperinflated sense of your own self because I don't look at myself as a certain kind of person and them a different kind of person. It's like before I had Mm -hmm. breast cancer, I thought about people with cancer as a different kind of person. I'm not that kind of person. I'm not the kind of person who gets cancer. (laughs) and then I did and so I know that exists in my head about certain things Mm -hmm. and so I think there was a time where I thought I'm not the kind of person who becomes homeless 
Mm. But I think at a certain point in your adult life, you grow the fuck up and you realize everyone is that kind of person right. in a different circumstance. Absolutely. So and well, that was very profound, Miss Jocelyn. I'm just saying <laughs> you have to think mm. that way. And don't get me wrong, some of those patients I've had on meth or whatever are absolute assholes and have tried to punch me. But I also will say <laughs> that I've had very rich oh. assholes in my care as well. So there's really no distinction. I think the the, the statistics really are uh, consistent on both ends of the uh, money spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to remind people again, bringing it back, women are actual women in this actual country are being sent to their cars because they are not sick enough to get care in hospitals when they are actually having a spontaneous abortion or a miscarriage, as lay people would call it. It's called an abortion. It just happened spontaneously. And they're be sending to their cars because hospitals are afraid of being sued by the state government for giving care. And all oh. you have to do is have a handful of friends who are nurses to find out these stories. Because they are real. I live in a state that is uh, surrounded on two sides by states where abortion is now illegal. Mm-hmm. And I am in the only level one trauma ER. Mm. And we are getting these people. Oh, I'm and sure. it is sick. How far they have to come mm-hmm. to get care they need when they are bleeding out. Right. We don't have the luxury of polite conversation anymore. We cannot approach Mm-mm. this as a taboo topic. Get over nope. it. Register to vote. <laughs> like Lauren said. Register to vote. Join a nonpartisan group like the League of Women Voters. Anyone can join. You don't have to be a woman to join. To yeah. stay updated on these things, the League of Women Voters, by the way, one of their tenants, if you will, one of their position statements is that they respect bodily autonomy. And this includes access mm-hmm. to abortion for those who want. Guess what I want? If you're a pregnant person in this country and you do yep. not want an abortion, I want you to not have an abortion. Right. I want that for you. <laughs> if your religion says you cannot have an abortion and that's what you believe, then go girl, go you, go person. Like I, I support you in that. <laughs> but if I am a person who for whatever reason, but for me, mm-hmm. it would be that I can't physically carry a fetus to term because my body won't expand that way because of the abdominal surgeries that I've had. And I cannot have access to those hormones without dramatically increasing my chances for cancer recurrence. If I became pregnant, despite, well, for whatever reason, let's say I'm a hoe. If I became pregnant... But for me, despite all the precautions that we do take, I would Mm -hmm. need an abortion and I would need it soon. As soon as I knew. Right. And I don't think that I should have access to an abortion in that way and not someone who is perfectly healthy, able Mm -hmm. to carry to term, and out there being a hoe. I think hoes should be able to have abortions as well <laughs> literally Agreed. anyone yeah no and i um i totally believe in my body my choice yes and you know what 
I think most people mm-hmm. do believe my body, my choice. But what we have to get mm-hmm. to is their body, their choice. Right. That's what we need to get to. Yeah. Because I uh, I have yet to meet a person who doesn't believe in my body, my choice. Mm-hmm. Because I know Christian women who don't believe in abortion who have had abortions. Oh. When it comes to them, and everybody does, you do too. I guarantee you that you know that. Because when it comes to a person's individual body, they have no problem mm-hmm. making choices for themselves outside of right. law, outside of their religion. Mm-hmm. But what it, the problem is, is we want to start making choices for other people. So their body, their choice becomes an issue. Gotcha. And that's what we have to let go of. I, I don't want to make choices for other people. I got too much on my I plate. I am way too busy. I only, only want to make decisions for this one right here. Agreed. And then you can do all of that. Excellent. I agree. Let's yep. let's do that. Mm-hmm. Let's all just do that. Make decisions for ourselves yeah. and no one else. I don't want to make decisions for other people. And I think that's a great way to vote. Is this candidate trying to make medical decisions for other people who are not me? Oh, they are? No, thank you. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. And with that... Thanks for listening to our program. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Breast Cancer is Boring. And you can send us an email if you want, Boring at gmail.com. Tell all your favorite friends and people to listen. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Hail Satan. Um, what else can I say? <laughs> Lauren, I, I'm so happy to see your beautiful face. Thank you for making this happen. Aww. You're my favorite you. dynamic duo. Bye.